Hey guys, welcome to episode 95, where Matthias and I discuss the opportunities and possibilities the current situation is offering. We're going to dive into the markets of real estate and the stock market, discuss our own personal takes on it, and kind of what we're doing and just roughly what we're seeing around in the community. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Erminta, and Matthias. Hi, this is Matthias, and I want to introduce this episode's sponsor, which is Evo Estate. Evo Estate is a real estate peer-to-peer -peer aggregator, and with one account you can build a diversified portfolio of projects of many different deal providers across 11 countries. And what I really like about them is that Evo Estate founders also invest personal money in some of the projects, and you could choose to follow them to invest in these curated skin-in-the-game projects manually, or just using the auto-invest features like I do. As today's episode is about investment opportunities right now in Corona times, I want to bring the attention to their secondary market where you can get some of the best property loans, equity or rental investments in Europe with discounted value. By buying projects with discounted value, you can even expect to earn returns above 20%. If you're interested, you can find more information at financial-independence.eu slash evoestate. That's spelled E-V-O-S-T-A-T-E. You can find the link also in the show notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back again to another podcast episode of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. So today uh, I'm here together with my co-host, Matthias. Hey, Matthias. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How's life? Uh, amazing. Amazing. Uh, sun's shining now, 20 degrees in Germany. Pretty good. Give me some more down to like nine-ish here in Scotland. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so guys, today's episode is going to be about the opportunities uh, of the current situation uh, the opportunities the Corona world offers to us. Matthias and I are going to run through kind of like the four biggest areas we've seen in our lives where you can really gain some value now, where you can find an opportunity. So just to straight away mention them out, they're investing in real estate, new needs and social opportunities, and behavior and health habits. So we'll go over these areas, cover what we see as like the opportunities now, and kind of like mix them up with our own personal situations, have a conversation around them, and hopefully that will offer be of some value. Again, this is not a formal lecture. This is just me and Matthias talking about the things we're seeing in life. And also just, you know, to bring some positivity to it, because I think we're all, at least for myself, so much is happening. And um, talking to others or just getting a positive message, it helps. And we want to do our part in that. So anyway... To uh, start firing it away, then with our first topic, investing. Matthias, can you tell me kind of like a rough breakdown? What is your take? What are the opportunities in the investing realm right now? Obviously, the, the market is down 20, 30%. Some people could argue it was really expensive before, so it's not really such a big discount. Um, there are also some stocks that are really under pressure, like airlines, like event companies and so on. Um, that you where you can get a 50% discount right now, but also obviously some risk. For example, Delta Airlines, they just fly kind of 30,000 people anymore before they, they were flying 600,000 on a Saturday. So that, that's a great value stock, I would say. Um, you could also argue that the, the government will not let Delta Airlines down or go bankrupt. Uh, so you could maybe, you could consider to invest. 
And um, yeah, but you could also think about maybe it's getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, but um, yeah, market timing doesn't work often. Um, that's one opportunity. Other opportunities, of course, that you can um, short, that you can go short on an index, for example. And um, even if the market goes down, you can also make some money um, with, option tr uh, with options. Yeah, what kind of opportunities do you see, Alba? I like that we both have different approaches on this because mine is a bit more boring and simple. It's just literally, hey, <laughs> I'm buying ETFs. That's it. So for me, this is just in my, like right now, I used to always regularly buy 1,500 pounds to two grand a month in terms of Vanguard ETFs on a monthly basis. Not doing that anymore right now. Just my regular 400 pension uh, contribution I'm making every month. And effectively, I'm just getting a 20, 30% discount on those purchases. So that's kind of my biggest change right now. Hey, And I've made one trade uh, in terms of a company I've bought. I've already mentioned this in the past. Bought a company called Flow Traders, which earns its cash by uh, the more volatility there is in the market. Obviously, we've had a lot of volatility. Um, based on that, they're earning a ton of money. And it's kind of like hatching against volatility, which I like. So I've earned uh, a pretty reasonable amount um, on that trade, which offsets a number of my paper losses I've made obviously on my ETF portfolio. Definitely not compensated the entire one. But yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, at the same time, I kind of like to talk about like where are we right now and what does it mean? Like it obviously completely depends on which situation you are. But like right now myself, I'm in my accumulation phase. And this is amazing because things are getting cheaper finally. They have been very massively, uh, we're not going to call it overvalued, but things have gone up massively over the last years. And for me, this is cheaper. Absolutely, bring it on. So that's in my personal life, just simply my monthly purchases are cheaper. Easy as that. Simple. Yeah, and um, obviously there are more opportunities. For, there are a couple of stocks and even ETFs or industries. Uh, industries you can buy as an ETF that profit right now. Like uh, I bought, for example, Hello uh, Hello Fresh, uh, grocery delivery, and also some um, shop apotheker, which is uh, where you can order medicine online. And there are a couple of stocks where you can really make right now make uh, some profits. And um, but the most important thing, obviously, if you if you think, for example, it can go even further down um, to to have some cash. Um, so how how would you get some cash right now to to be able to invest, Ivan? Good call. So I'll start with the most extreme one straight away. During the last crash, many people came into trouble with this, but uh, it is worth mentioning. Many are doing it, and regardless if it's your thing, you know, that's your own choice in the end. So somebody made a Reddit post saying the following, hey, I've got um, like 50% LTV in my house right now. Can I not just release some cash and invest it in the market? So his thesis was the following. I'm going to release 30% uh, of the value of my house, remortgage it, free the cash up, and invest it in the market. Because what I'm paying right now for my mortgage, 0.5%, 1% interest rates, versus what I could make in the market, especially right now with the 20% or 30% drop we've seen, now could potentially be, be massive. So his take was the following, I'll take the 30% cash out, but, um, you know, just accept I pay 1% interest over that, throw the entire amount in the market and hope that I will earn more than the interest I'm paying, which, you know, as we've seen with the drop and the 1% interest he's paying right now, you, you can make a reasonable case that is possible. So I quite like that. And yeah, just a word of warning, I was too young myself during the last crash to really uh, have experienced this, but I know many family, friends, 
And also have tried this and they were like, hey, you know, let's just over leverage our house. And then in the end, they ended up losing their house. So it's, it's one of those things in the end, you know, same like credit cards. If you can manage them well, use the benefits of it well and you now reap the rewards. And you can, you know, just keep it under control. It works amazing. But once it snowballs out of control, you're done. You lose everything. So only for the right kind of person. Is that something I know you don't own a house, Matthias, but like in your risk tolerance, is that something you would ever do? Um, investing by using a loan? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, w- I would do it. What you have to keep an eye on is uh, the, the loan to value. So, for example, you can get a loan uh, against your stock portfolio or you can get a loan um, just a normal commercial loan. You can pretend that you want to buy a computer or an iPhone but just invest the money. Obviously, it, it's good to have a job um, because then your credit score is better and you pay a low, lower interest fees. Um, you can also, yeah, get a mortgage or so- something. I, I think it's possible, but I wouldn't go all in with it. So I would maybe just go for a 50% loan-to-value maximum. Gotcha. I also know brokerage companies offer similar options. Um, Rotify, he actually does this where he just literally takes out a loan based on his ETF portfolio and in that way leverages out and pays a commission to the brokerage company for that, but makes higher returns on the stock market and a difference he pockets extra. And it's more flexible um, because you don't you don't have to take this loan with my brokerage account. If you don't take it, you don't you don't pay, pay anything. But um, you could, for example, um, invest with stop buy. So you you said you want to buy, for example, Coca Cola mm-hmm. for 100 euros, but it, right now it's 120. So you can just uh, put a limit order um, for 100 bucks, and if it hits this target, then it's buying. And you normally and you don't have to use your own money to get this covered initially. Yeah. Again, obviously, only do this if uh, you're comfortable with the risk but it's again it's about options what can you do to um earn more or yeah just make it either safer in the end and one other reddit post that came by earlier i also found quite interesting um somebody who was making a quote and saying hey my portfolio dropped by so much you know this is the end of the world what do i do about it and a response to or a response to that was okay have you ever thought about the following if you've got a hundred k invested and based on the 4% rule, you can then withdraw uh, 333 on a monthly basis out of that. And I was thinking, hey, so if it's, let's say your portfolio drops by 100K, massive, of course. But in the end, on a monthly basis, what does it actually mean? 333 monthly cash flow, you're missing out in the end. That's an amount many of us either would be able to earn relatively easily or save by spending less and I think that is a point worth making because we're always all thinking the other way around. Oh, if I'm trying to invest and um, I don't buy this coffee and I invest it, then in 10 years, it's so and so much. Well, you can also argue the other way around. If you have already got everything invested, that actual amounts you're getting back to, there is still flexibility in that. And when I was telling this to Matthias earlier, he made also a very valuable point that I hope, which many of us have done, if you are already retired, that you've ha- you've got a drawdown plan set up where there you either have a relatively large cash cushion or other cash flowing investments you can utilize so you don't have to touch your portfolio or are less reliant on it in periods uh, like this. 
so like you're not solely basing yourself on the four percent rule but you've got in you've got in your um drop and you've got different components set up that either will offer you flexibility cash flow or um, just stabilize the whole lot together which was a very fair point matthias was making as well yeah matthias do you have any final thoughts on investing couple of um Right now, you have seen peer-to-peer uh, -peer was a very young um, industry. Right now, they're really struggling. And you can now see uh, what platform is ex executing really well, um, is, have great uh, risk management and so on. And there's a really, you can see the difference right now. For example, Mintus and um, how's the asset go? It's really good. But there are also some you don't want to talk about. <laughs> Um, you maybe don't have trust in them, um, like Rupia, for example, right now. And um, another point is that I can think of that, and I will link also to the article in the show notes. Um, there's a good point um, that this, we have seen like a relief rally right now. Then until the end of April, um, there it will go really down. It's like an interims button, it's, it's called, like a 44% low. And then there will kind of, post-crash rally, um, and then again it will go down. So in the end, it will end in 2022. Um, so if you think it's just like two months or three months um, crash, and um, I think the stock market is could really go down even further uh, over a, a medium longer than the short term, I would say. And I will link you to the article, but it could also be just crystal ball Uh, stuff, but it's arguing also by comparing the crisis 1930 and 2000 uh, with each other and their kind of pattern um, that could have been dis discovered. So it's really interesting to read about it. And do we want to talk about real estate, Alba? Before we dive into that, I actually mm -hmm. want to ask yourself uh, a very last, quick last question and also ask myself the same. So what are we right now doing with peer-to-peer? -peer? So like, I will first answer for myself. Like, obviously, the market is volatile right now. I only am invested in Mintos at this very moment. And I'm still going to remain invested with them. But I've lowered um, yeah, what I've had with them quite massively over the last week slash months. And I'm going to keep it a remain or like I'm going to stick to that for now. But on a positive note, they did uh, recover my uh, 40 loans, uh, like a portion of them, which had been almost in default for like six months. So they did manage to get it back. Anyway, Matthias, what are you doing with Peer to Peer right now? Since a um, couple of weeks, I, I reduced the amount uh, of the allocation in Peer to Peer, but what my allocation was really high. It was above 30%. So I re reduced the allocation, but not um, because I don't have... Uh, trust or maybe I also lose, lost some trust, but mainly because I wanted to get the money to invest in real estate and the stock market because I think the opportunity in the stock market is huge right now and even more, uh, even higher than peer-to-peer. -peer. I've also seen some platforms increasing the interest rates like RoboCash increased by 2% to 14%. Swapper uh, increased uh, to 14 to 16%. Um, right now they have been reliable platforms. So And I also heard about investors who stay with peer-to-peer. -peer. They're not increasing their uh, amount in peer-to-peer, -peer, but they are also looking in the secondary markets at Mintos, for example. And there you can get huge discounts by people who panic, uh, who just want to sell their uh, portfolio. And um, obviously you can also earn uh, some money. And um, 
I mean, you have. To, I think you have to uh, really monitor peer-to-peer -peer really close, like on a daily basis, even on a daily basis, because it's changing so so much. Um, we also cover it um, in the next uh, weeks in in, in depth. But uh, yeah, you have to really monitor it and understand what you're doing there right now. A very quick ping back. Almost a year ago by now, together with Jürgen from financiallyfree.eu, we did an episode on kind of like peer-to-peer -peer and how it would also act during a crash, which I actually haven't even listened to back myself, which, which I'm going to do. But if anybody's interested, please go back there because I'm, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see if we, what we said back then actually materializes right now. We'll see. Anyway, um, one, just one, one thought about this peer-to-peer, -peer, what I really um, learned uh, from this um, talking to Jürgen is that I, before we, I talked to Jürgen, it was like, I'm just examining my risk, like having a collateral, investing, um, for example, in car loans or real estate loans, and also compromising with, uh, with performance and um, interest rates. And then uh, just Jürgen just um, really uh, mentioned that he's really just focused on the performance. So he has like Auto invest on 15%, then on 14, on 13, on 12. So that's like a waterfall <laughs> uh, without really um, too much um, other factors. Um, and I was thinking, Matthias, you could have been a little bit more critical in that, that time because I also tweaked a little bit more in risk uh, towards the performance uh, my auto invests. So in the end, you, you, you should always be sometimes or often depends who you are, <laughs> uh, confident also what you, you think about your investments and not listen too much to random dudes uh, like me or Alva on the internet. You have to also be able to invest or defend your own investment choices um, you know, against your own moral. But regardless of that, Matthias, I think um, it's as always with us, we just keep talking and we get into the flow. So unfortunately, the episode should have been kind of like 25-ish minutes. So I think we're going to cut it up a little bit. We're going to cover real estate right now. And the other two will be released in um, a second episode, just so we can offer enough value to both trains at the same time. How does that sound? Uh, it's fine for me, you know. Awesome. Then, then let's do so. Anyway, so um, everybody, we've covered the investing side now. And yeah, this is just us looking at what are we seeing, feeling, experiencing in our own lives and having a chat on it. So jumping next to real estate, which, uh, yeah, it's actually a very interesting one because I'm in the process of buying a house right now myself um, together with my partner. And having this happen at the same time while we're in the process of looking for properties is um, challenging and offers opportunities at the same time. Because what's going to happen? Are things getting cheaper? Are they getting more expensive? Can you even buy at all? Well, my take on this kind of the following. I generally do not know if prices will drop massively after this or if they will stay the same, if they will go up. What I do know is the following. The entire market is locked up right now. Nothing is being sold, nothing is being bought. Well, why? Because people can literally just not view properties. And that simply means there will be a massive slowdown this very moment. And if we take any of the other crashes as any evidence, then this will definitely have an effect on um, yeah, simply the performance of the market and the value of properties and the exact amounts, we'll see. But there's a good chance this will offer an opportunity for people like me who are after buying their first place. So I this is not an investment. I just want to buy a home. 
And obviously, I want to buy a home that doesn't drop in value and preferably goes up on the long run and has opportunities if we ever move out to be rented out, uh, etc. So what does this mean for me and my search? So before this, what was I planning? Well, save up cash, uh, look for a nice property, pay 20% down, get it hopefully you know as cheap as possible and leave it at that and live happily ever after. Right now, what has changed? So I think things might actually get cheaper after um, now the lockdown will end and I'm still sitting on a very nice pile of cash. Could, for example, mean I'm going to use less of the cash uh, to buy the house and you know have the cash for other purposes or I can use the entire deposit still for that purpose and use this leverage because how many people right now will be able to come up with a 30-40% down payment, use this as leverage uh, for properties and be very decisive and able to, to buy up whatever becomes available. So I want to be that guy who comes in and finds, you know, a good value property that works um, for me in the long run. And what I'm actually specifically after, two bedroom, um, 200k-ish mark in pounds and somewhere around the city center in the town I'm living, Edinburgh. So that's actually, that's the market I'm after. And why two bedrooms? Well, because of the rentability and Airbnb possibilities where it comes with. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm actually going to do that because... Airbnb right now is actually performing very poorly, but it's just good to have the option to say, hey, if ever the property, you know, we have to leave the country or for whatever reason, we can rent a room out or we can Airbnb one if, you know, we need some extra income. So there's a reason why we're looking for a specific property like that. So that's kind of like the, uh, what I'm seeing right now and uh, what I'm going to do. The only other note I want to add to this is, so I know in many larger cities uh, right now, the market is being overflooded with old Airbnb properties because many investors they've bought, especially like in my actual own neighborhood, there are like 100 properties or 150 or something normally on Airbnb. Well, none of those are rented out right now. All the valuations um, they were bought under were you know based on Airbnb rental. Well, Airbnb will like at least like the next month, it's going to be down. The last month, nothing has happened. How long it will be, I don't know, but it will definitely be a massive shock. And a, a big number of those landlords will no longer be able to either keep the properties or they will just rent them out to normal tenants. Like my local rental market is getting overflooded with old Airbnbs now, right now. And this is actually affecting um, rent prices. So if you actually um, happen to be renting, it might actually be a chance to renegotiate your rent because all around you it's dropping or there is something becoming available at a far cheaper rate. It's worth investigating. Um, so that's kind of like my take and what I'm seeing. What are your thoughts, Matthias? Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty valid uh, strategy f- um, right now. I also like the point that you also want to be able to rent out maybe a part of your f- um, apartment or house. I also think that that you can make a pretty good deal also in the next months. Right now, I also have seen that it's locked down the real estate market pretty much, except for really great uh, properties. I'm currently also recording in an in, in office from a real estate broker who also um, confirmed uh, to me that right now there's not much much going on. But and in, in my take, I also wanted to yeah buy a real estate and what I was, what my learnings have been from the, the crisis is that I was kind of confirmed to buy in a city like Berlin or Cologne, 
um, looking for a two-room apartment because I don't want to such a big loan. You know, I just want to do one loan, then doing the next apartment, then the next. So just uh, start small because I can sleep better. And um, I also don't want to have fancy stuff like Airbnb because it's too much work. I, I don't like work. I don't also don't like people, you know, but pst. And um, I, so I also want, would like to have a newly built house and uh, so I don't have much stress with uh, renovating and yeah. So that's, and it, for me, it's not about the performance so much. Okay, I want to also have some passive income, but I want to have also peace and I want to convert my, my cash into concrete because I don't know if I, I just mentioned it also last episode that I talked to my grandparents and currencies, I don't have such a huge, uh, huge trust in it. And um, yeah, somebody has to pay also for the crisis. I don't know how they want to fix it. But I know if you have a property in Berlin that is in demand in a nice area, it will be also in demand. And I think um, also you have some, um, because of people are getting older and let you have less children coming uh, in the next years, um, you have also lower demand in, in some areas of, of your country. Um, so it's important to have also a great Uh, for me, at least, I know other people have other opinion. For me, it's important to have a place that is also in demand in the next 20 years. So that's yeah, what I, I was thinking about. And I will take like the next six to eight months to to buy. I already have some con uh, some some property in my mind um, that I know that is, is, is built up. And I was also thinking about buying a bigger flat for myself. Uh, but I don't want to do it right now. Okay, fair enough. So guys, hopefully that was of some value um, to you. Like definitely this is also the first time Matthias and I are recording while having a video uh, chat uh, running at the same time so we can actually see each other, which um, makes talking a lot more interesting and we'll cover that part in the next episode. So Matthias, thank you so much for this one. Alba, thank you so much for this one. Okay, so see you next time. Hey Matthias, do you think there are not enough financial independence Facebook groups yet? Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content. Gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups, on Reddit, in Facebook groups, the Five Europe retreat, obviously, we organized. And this is, in the end, the main reason why we started the whole podcast project to talk to guys like you, uh, learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and like hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, say I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook group? Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe Podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So yeah, just type in FI Europe Podcast. See you in the group. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. 
All the mentioned articles, books, and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.